Let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sales Throwdown. We are working from home, as is everybody else. And on this Your episode, ass, I'm in the office. No, that's true. That's true. Clint is in the office. He's being a productive member of society for like the first time ever, or since getting out of the Marine Corps, since he's sitting in front of his Marine Corps flag right now. Um, on this episode, we, we've had a couple of questions from listeners. We want to go through those and talk about those and try to try, try to help out. Um, the first one comes from a guy named Dan and the question he has um, to keep it a little bit shorter is that he is new to sales and actually wants to stay in sales, which was kind of interesting. He wants to not be on the installation side of his business, but wants to focus on the sales side, which is awesome because most people want to go completely the other way of not having to do the sales thing at all and focus on installation. So good for you, Dan. Um, and at the bottom here, the question is, what advice can you give to someone who sees people ranging from, I have no idea about windows or what I'm trying to buy to they research everything and they're going to get three to four bids. So Clint. That I think of is just asking questions. So important. So, you know, and sit back, listen and ask some, let them give you information, whether they want to do the installation or they don't want to get as much information from them and listen to what they are saying. Good. Clint, on the, on the far side of this, I mean, I think you have to deal more with the bids than anybody else on a more consistent basis. Um, yeah. Any tips or I tricks? Mean, yeah, so I'm getting people like that every day of my professional career, right? That internet research, the, you know, Google, how do you install an air conditioning system in your house? And, and how do you install it in the new office? And then when you show up to the job site, it's, oh, well, why aren't you guys doing the 18 seer? You know, it's like, well, where, where did you get your information, right? So what I've learned is, uh, is really to be kind of humble if I could give it a word and just, Hey, that's some pretty good information. Where'd you, you know, where'd you get that knowledge? So yeah, absolutely DIY it, you know? So these people are, are absolutely that, right. They got the DIY knowledge from the Home Depot website, but they're going to tell you as a professional installer how to do it. And you can, you can be the guy that tells them they're completely wrong and you're going to make them defensive. You mm -hmm. can do that. It's not going to work real well. You can, you can, you know, agree with them. And then you put in a shitty system because they don't know what the hell they're talking about, but you did it because that's what they wanted. Or you and can be the then it becomes, it, it becomes your problem. Then yeah, absolutely. Them, right? your, yeah. your name's on it. Your name's on whatever yeah. you put Well, in. you so, should have, and why'd you let me? Yeah. You can get into yeah, some bad so, stuff there. So I, I know quite a bit about windows and construction, you know, let's talk about, you know, the actual problem at hand here, you know, somebody, somebody puts in a new house and they say, I want single pane windows because that's what the internet said. This guy's going to say, Oh my God, they haven't used those since the sixties. Why would we put single pane windows in? You know, we have, you know, we have air conditioning, we have heating, we got to keep all that stuff inside that, you know, you can say, Hey, you don't know shit about windows. So let me tell you all about how we do it. And you're going to be wrong. You can, it's just not going to work, right? You're, you're insulting. You're, you're coming off wrong. You got to humble yourself a little bit. You got to say, Hey, that's some pretty good information. I don't know where you got it. Uh, sounds like you're on the right track. Here's a little extra information for you from 
the side of the world that I live in every day, right? So you got to be that information card of giving them the correct information. Don't tell them they're wrong um, because there's only a negative way to go from there. Hey, you're a piece of shit. You're wrong. I don't know where you got it. You're going to end up on one side of the fence that you don't want to be on. Can I ask you a question, Clint? So do, at, at that point, do you do a comparison study to kind of show them sure, what the they looked at and then what you, the other options are so that you can kind of throw all the, all the possibilities yeah. out there and have that discussion? So, absolutely. So in, in, my, in my world versus, you know, and, and probably in this, this guy's uh, world with the windows, right? It's like, hey, we want this system. And I'm like, hey, you know, I, I see the um, upfront money savings, right? That's what most people would. You know, I got 10,000, let's throw 10,000 at it because that's what this system buys me. But hold on, now you got a $700 power bill every month, right? Versus I need you to spend 11,500 a day, so an extra 1,500 so that you have a $250 power bill for the rest of your life. Those are very big different numbers, right? And the uneducated person doesn't know that stuff. So you have to educate. Right. You can't give free consulting so that they go out and get you the three quotes. But what you what you got to navigate and it's different in every industry is as you navigate those waters, there's a fine line between free consulting and correct information. Give. There's a there's a there's a really fine line there and how much you give and how much you, you know, and it's all it's all personal because I'm willing to give a ton of information because if I give you the information and I, and I really rack your brain with the right information and you choose to go with somebody else, don't ever call me again. And I'm going to do that so many times. I'm going to find the right person to do business with that calls me every time for a lifetime on every project. And, and that's just the way I do it. It's, it's, there's a couple different ways you can do it. That's the way I do it. I kill everybody with information. They're correct information. If you buy from me and we do you a good job, you're going to use me for a lifetime. And that's the customer that I'm after. You brought up a, a key point there, and, and we do this a lot in, in the office. Most of the patients have the provider's cell phone numbers, right? So when you come in and we give you, you know, we're treating you for diabetes or heart disease or whatever, if something happens, you pick up the phone and call us. Call us day or night, and, you know, Nancy's seen some of that. And people love that, that ongoing communication past the sale. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you connect with people and now you're at a bit, a, a bit of a different, you know, creature there, Clint, and, and granted, you probably don't want to be passing your phone number, but the people you do business with, you know, shouldn't they be able to get in touch with you for questions Absolutely. to follow up? And you need to give that right up front to these patients, I, these people, when you talk to them. I don't want you to have any other phone number, but mine, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> Well, well, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I knew what the answer was going to be, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously though, I don't want you calling um, over my head or under my head in, in like the rank structure sort of thing. I, I want mm -hmm. you to call the guy that can get the right decisions made for you to get the project moving along. Cause that benefits me and you as a buyer and a seller. And I, I think John should just put his number out on the airways. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know what? If you have a sales question, 817-345-7449. If you there have, you go. if you have questions, if you want to talk about the assessments, if you have a sales issue at all, text that number. We'll talk about it here on the show. Yeah. You know, so hitting, hitting back on this, uh, this guy's original question of like, mm -hmm. okay, the range of zero 
knowledge, right, to somebody that thinks they know it all and they're your customer? How do you navigate those waters? Um, there's, you know, I said humble earlier, compassion is truly the buzzword of this episode for me in, in this situation, because some of us, and in, in depending on what disc corner you're in, some of us have zero, some of us have 100%, right? And there's a mix of how much compassion you have. If you have too much, you let them think you're right or let them think that they're right. And you put in a crappy install in this case, windows. If you don't have any, you push them so far away from you. They they're not going to buy from you in any case. Right. And anybody can swoop in and steal that sale from you just because they had an ounce of compassion versus you. Right. So there's a fine line of how you meet in that personality spectrum of, you know, adapting some compassion and just saying, Hey, that's some great information. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Let me, uh, let me give you my side of the story or my two bits of information, let you process it and you make the decision because you're the ultimate decision maker. Right. And, and, and that all stems in, in, and for me, that all stems in the compassion world that, because I naturally don't have any, I I have zero. So Clint hit on something though, but uh, so to go to the, the compassion, but, you don't take away their control to make the decision, right? No, you you never. reinforce it though, right? And you you so with or without compassion, if you reinforce your client's ability to make a decision with, like you said, the good information, and you don't steal their thunder or you don't over overbearingly, you know, bring your thunder, I think you got the great, you know, a working scenario. I don't know that yep. it works every time. But again, just don't take away their ability to control the things they should and would want to control. Yeah. yeah. And, and I tell you, I've got a quick, uh, I got a quick story that kind of relates to this whole deal that happened in the last uh, 48 hours that I'm dealing with today that, that very much goes into this. Um, we had a, no, we do, you know, my company, we, we typically work in big commercial buildings, high rise hotels type of thing. Um, so the small, you know, when the smaller guy, calls you to outfit his new auto shop that he built behind his house. It's very different worlds, right? You want to call a residential guy, but the residential guy doesn't know quite how to do that big auto shop. And we're dealing with this right now. Right. But, but now we're talking about money constraints, right? Because you want a commercial system and the back of your house. And most people don't have a hundred grand sitting in their bank account to put an AC system in. And I ran into this the other day, not to mention we're dealing with, uh, you know, just power constraints. Most residential properties are, are powered with a certain power supply, but you want to put a commercial system in and you don't have that. So now are you going to pay the power company 80 grand to bring you a new feeder line in? So this, this happens constantly in my world and we have to navigate these waters. And, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about in, in prior episodes was, how do you figure out what their, what a person's budget is, right? How do you figure that out without being rude, without, you know, bringing up the, the nasty money situation, right? That nobody likes to talk or some people don't like, to talk, most people don't like to talk about it all, right? How do you navigate those waters? And in this case, you know, I ran some quick, um, some quick numbers on my pad in front of them. And I just said, look, man, you know, I don't know what your situation is. Um, honestly, it's, it's none of my business, but I'm going to throw this number out there and it's 80 grand. Does this blow your socks off? And he just looked at me and he said, uh, that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting 30 grand. And I said, and, and, and so now I have parameters to work within, right? 
but his answer was very telling, right? I expected 30. You're telling me 80. And, and I, of course you go, you know, it's that bracketing. You start here, you, he gets here and we can meet somewhere in the middle and actually do a project. But if he just said 10 grand guys, I, there's nothing I can do for you. And you got to get out of that situation and, and get on to the next, right? Because it's, you know, it's just, it's burnt. There's nothing you can do. Um, but now we're dealing with a real budget. Now there's something I can design within. I can design a whole system within, you know, Hey, what if I met you in the middle at 55, 60 grand? Does, does that work? Yeah. That, you know what, we could probably swing with that. Now I can design within those parameters. I know a budget we've agreed on something, but if I don't ever ask that question, the, the whole job never moves forward or I do a whole bunch of free stuff. And, and then I shock is, you know, I shock them when I, mm-hmm. when I give them the quote and, and the whole job's a waste. So, you know, to this guy, you know, of don't be afraid to talk about money. Yeah. You're not going to know the final price on the, on the window install, but you should have enough data doing this every day that, Hey, this is a 4,000 square foot house. You know, you typically exactly. just cost around 10 grand to put new windows in. You know, if you were thinking $800, why are we, why am I even here? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and that's an edu- education of the people that think they know, but they don't know. They look at a window on Amazon and they say, huh, I can buy a, I can buy a house window for $45 on sale. Yeah, guys. Okay. Yeah. And I have 10 windows. So there's 450 bucks. And the installer guy quotes you for 25 grand. How do you feel about that? You know, like you got to bring those issues up. You just mm-hmm. do. For sure. Um, and, and let's talk, I mean, that, that was a ton of nuggets and value, I, but my, I have a couple of questions and, and a couple of things for me, I spend way more time talking about budget for my stuff because like as a consultant, like nobody really understands like why I charge what I charge and, you know, and these things. So it's funny. I spend more time stretching budgets than, than I, than I ever have in the past. And, and it's not because they don't have the money. It's because there's a, there's an expectation or a gap in the knowledge. Right. And so we have to, we have to get in there and, you know, talk about that. But the other thing that I think really is, is interesting is that in, in your world, Clint, like this is tried and true. Like, like this is just kind of normal. I feel like this guy, with the window situation, I think he might have ways around this, right? Because-, because What do you mean by that? Well, because yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people who are gonna go get like three bids on home stuff, right? Commercial oh, stuff? man, sure. I do. Really? Oh, okay. on, on yeah. windows? Yeah, because I, I oh, went yeah. through that and, you know, I had a 6,200 square foot house that mm-hmm. we were redoing. Stop bragging. And the and well, I'm, well, I'm I'm saying that's the <laughs> dynamic. And I walked into holy shit. How do you replace all the windows and then put wood shutters? What does that look like? Well, that's forty thousand dollars. You know, which blew my mind. Or yeah. you know, and so what? What we did was we found somebody reputable. They brought it. The you know, hey, here's what it's going to cost. You know, we can piecemeal it. So they they put put it into you know smaller chunks for us. I mean, it, it was a whole, I mean, it was, I had opened my eyes. I'm like, damn I'm, it. I am and I, so, and I've got a, go ahead, Clint, sorry. I've got a, I got a nice little nugget as, a, especially in construction, whether it's windows, drywall, HVAC units, plumbing, whatever it is. I got a little nugget for you because I've, I've lived through this a little bit and I find myself doing it is when you, when you see a customer and the reason I thought of this doc is you said 6,200 square feet, right? So you see that 
you know, let's say that little mansion on 50 acres and you see the, all the things that they have and you see the, you know, the Rolls Royce sitting in the driveway and you think I can make all the money that I should have made on all my other jobs on this guy. Ugh. And you load it up so bad that you don't get the sale. Right. Versus being, Oh, but, but John, everybody, it oh, happens. I, oh gosh. It's and horrible. So and so what happens is, right, you, now you have zero dollars of revenue because you, you tried to gouge them because you thought that they had money versus being market fair, knowing what your costs are, knowing what you should make per the market. Maybe mm-hmm. in, in, this, in your business, it's 25%, you know, cost plus 25%. That, mine's not nowhere near that. Mine's more of in the 12 to 13% gross margin range of what I should make. And, but what happens is sometimes somebody will have a nice budget conversation with me and they'll tell me, Oh, I have a million dollars and I'm doing the bid. Right. And I get to 800,000 and I'm thinking, Oh man, I got a hundred thousand dollars. I can gouge this guy for because it's a million dollars. But what I don't know on the back end is that he got a second bid. And, and because I tried to gouge him, somebody came in underneath me and I lost the entire sale because I was unfair versus having good conversations with the guy and saying, hey, this is market fair. This is where we're at. Here's our cost. Open book it. I always, I'm always open for open book. I, I have mm. nothing to hide. My cost well, is this. This is what we make per market. And I'm not saying everybody should be that way. I'm just saying that's the way I do it. And I, but I've learned my lesson on trying to gouge people, especially on small sales. Well, so then answer me this. When you open book it, how as a consumer am I going to know this this is a real yes, figure it's like buying a car right I, yeah. you know again sure. and and well, now having said that if we work and and i'm talking about brand new guy that you you know i'm the new customer now i get if we did a job and repeat and i've got a couple of those things going myself how do you how do you impress upon me that you're being honest with me how do i how do i be, how do i know that i can trust you yeah in in my in, especially in my industry it's pretty common knowledge right everybody has a share of the knowledge of what it should cost, right? So, for example, uh, in in my in my world, a lot of people will do square foot budgets, right? You have ten thousand square feet; it costs this, you know, twenty five dollars a square foot. This is what I should budget for, you know, Clint's side of the business. And then and then they ask me to bid it, so they've already agreed to a higher authority that this is what it's going to cost. Now I have to live within that, but they get their knowledge from us all sharing and and past projects. So. You know, I can fluff it 10% plus or minus and probably not get caught too bad, but eventually I will. Um, but but it, at least in construction, it's pretty common common knowledge of what everything costs. But you're talking about like a big corporation that's spending a million dollars. They put a team sure. on it, so they do a yep. little research ahead of time. I'm talking about mom and pop. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do a, a, yeah, an expensive, you know, renovation. Yeah. So to the, how does to a guy the, like me, how, if you were selling to me in this guy's shoes, the window guy, yep. right, Dan, if, if you were Dan and you're talking to me and I'm like, okay, pretty big project for me, which, you know, I'm the customer. So everything's going to feel big. Yep. How do you, how do I, how do, how do you impress upon me that I can trust you? Well, I would tell you this, if, if you are stuck to the money, let's say $10,000 just blows your doors off, right? Like, holy cow, you wanted $10,000 to replace all my windows? And if you're honest, right, this is why I always push honest business. I, I don't do anything shady. I try to stay everything above board so that when I get asked about my $10,000, I can open book it, right? 
And I will have no problem sitting down at the dinner table with you and saying, okay, look, the windows take three hours a piece to, you know, uninstall. The new ones take an hour to install. My text costs this much an hour. You know, if we're truly down the road enough to have that money conversation, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. will absolutely have that for you. The, when you get concerned or you should get concerned, especially as a buyer, is when somebody says, uh, well, it's just what it costs. Well, what do you mean? That's just what it costs. Now I have to go get another bid to check your number or possibly two. That's mm -hmm. what happens, right? Mm -hmm. Because enough people get screwed and enough people have no idea what the cost is. That's why they go get three numbers because they have to compare you. But if you're open book and you're mm -hmm. not afraid to show your cost and Hey, if, if the guy down the road does it for $25 an hour and you're 32, that's just what your cost is. That's your business, you know, mm -hmm. show them, the, yeah. show it to them. I, Sure. What do I have to hide? If you don't buy from me, that's on you, not me. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. There's a couple of people who are doing things that are similar to me as like, uh, as far as like sourcing salespeople and, you know, working with them, coaching them and, and getting them onboarded and stuff. And, um, you know, the, the circle that I run in, it, it's, it's pretty small about the people that you can go to to go talk about these things where you don't know anything about it at all. So one of the very first things I do is I talk about the premium guy in the circle, the guy who charges the most, right? Because if you know about him, then I want to, I want to have a conversation about why you're not just running that way. Right. Uh, because he's also the most well-known, right? So the most well-known guy is also the most expensive guy. You know, Clint, I'm curious, why don't you just go work with him? Right. Because I want to know why you're not thinking in that way, because if you've already made a decision that, that there's value in his approach, then we need to figure out if I have a shot at it, because I don't want to work with you just because I'm cheaper than he is, right? My process yeah. is different. The outcomes are different. And there's a reason why I charge what I charge for that kind of work. Um, but, you know, if you, th if, if I think the way to do that is you, as far as like building the trust to the point is you don't like, uh, how do I explain this? I'm just going to assume that they're going to right? If more people are going to do that and you know that this is a common thing and it kind of makes sense anyway, I'm just going to like ask about it, right? A lot of people I talk to are going to go talk to three to four, five people. I'm curious, have you talked to anybody else? Yeah. Okay. Who'd you talk to? These guys. Okay. Awesome. How far'd you get? Well, we got about this far. Okay. What are your thoughts? Right? Because everybody prices things differently. Everybody builds their offering differently. And you might be skimping on your labor costs, but the windows are more expensive. There's, there's always some trade-offs in there and it's never apples to apples, right? So, so, go ahead. so you have to get it to apples to apples. You have to have that conversation, especially in competitive sales when you, you're not a one-off, right? Um, you're not selling um, a brand of shoe that nobody else has or a type of watch that nobody else has. When you're in construction, especially windows, there's 500 brands of windows, right? How do you separate yourself? And, and I will tell you this, that you have to, education is, is huge on why your product is the way it is, why it costs the way it does. You know, maybe, maybe you make all your products in the U.S. versus Vietnam, right? And maybe that's important to some, maybe it's not, right? But you got you to gotta know that knowledge. You got to have, um, you know, why your text costs more. I, I use this all the time. In the fact that when somebody says, oh, well, I went to John's, John's HVAC company and they were going to charge half of what you're trying to cost me. And I said, okay, that's fine. That's fair. And if we're in that level of conversation, it's probably, 
I'm already risk losing the job, right? You've already made up your mind that, that a guy half my price is correct. When I work for a $4 billion company that does this every day, I should be the market, right? I'm the market that you should compare to. So if somebody is doing, let's say a million dollars a year and you're comparing me to that, that's a really hard comparison. And, and I'll say things like, okay, if your whole building, you know, we, we destroy your whole building or the install does, what are you going to do? You're going to take his, you know, hundred thousand dollar house, his, you know, $50,000 van. What, I mean, he's not insured, you know, there's all these things. That's why my company costs the way it does. Not to mention, we put our guys through $300,000 worth of training a year. You know, we, so you got to build on that, but you got to know that knowledge around why your well, company is the way it is. You, you brought up something and, and a lot of people, you know, the first thing that I, I you know, come to, comes to mind is all you're doing is spewing features and benefits, but in a lot of people poo poo features and benefits, but at a certain point, once you've gotten past budget, yeah, you've got a exactly. good bonding rapport and you get to a certain point, don't lead with it. But once no. you've established that communication between you and your, your customer, and you know what their wants, what their problem is, then where do they sit in their mindset on, you know, this product versus that product? Now's the time to go exactly where you're talking about, but not before then. Do no, not, not rush before. features and benefits till you understand the lay of the land, right? It'd be like me trying to jump in a, in a, uh, uh, a Tesla and go four wheeling, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it just, they don't match up. The features and benefits now, you know, it's, it's a stupid analogy, but it, but it holds value in the sense of too many salesmen and we all, we have all done it. They, the, the first thing you go to are features and benefits. So yeah. no, 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 no. Keep the conversation, pain, budget, you know, all of these things need to coalesce. Now you get to the crux yeah. of, well, let's talk about why this is better and than this one and so forth. I only talk about that stuff, and it's a great, great way to put it, Doc. Is, but I only talk about that stuff when I get compared to somebody else and mm -hmm. I get threatened Agreed. on why my price is high, right? Agreed. My, yeah. Because I'm open book. My, my service techs cost $98 an hour. You know why they cost $98 an hour? Because they're the best techs in, you know, in, in Texas, let's say, sure. right. Sure. Or however you spin it or however you sell it, but I'll put my techs up against anybody because I send them to thousands of dollars worth of training every month to mm -hmm. get certified and have all these certifications so that when I do your project, all the liabilities on us, you don't have to worry about a thing. You write the check, we do the job, we go home, right? That's it. And this, bring, this brings me to another point because I think it's a great segue whenever somebody, you start down this road and you start to see them get a little little antsy or you know pull away. I, I think particularly in construction, we do it some in our business, it's you're, 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 before you get to your features and benefits, you need to be perceiving something has not gone right in this person's world in construction before, right? Sure. So you challenge that. You say, hey, I get the sense that you've been screwed over a time or two on some of these home projects, right? Yep. And I think Dan could use that to his advantage to get a story about why they're hesitant or why they want so much information or why they, you know, for the guy that may not know anything or why they may not act, right? Why can't they make a decision? Well, part of this may be because they've made a wrong one in the past. They don't want to own up to it right off the bat of, hey, I got screwed over on this deal. Let me tell you about it. But if you ask the question, people want to get that off their soul sometimes, right? About why they are who they are. 
uh, yeah, I, I think Dan could easily take all of this with a little bit of thought process of when he needs to say what he needs to say at, at each juncture of this sales process. I, I'll, you know, that because Windows sales is probably, I would guess, in that kind of not quite door to door sales. It's probably a little more I call you because I need some windows. Mm -hmm. But it's close, right? And you're probably going to be sitting at some dinner tables with some families that are, you know, need new windows, but maybe, you know, that might be the only $5,000 they have in the bank is to replace new windows this year, right? So you're, it's a very, the money topic is so touchy. But I will tell you this, that everybody sitting at that table, including the buyers, the one thing that they need to talk about is the money, right? Because it is so yeah. important. Yeah. You cannot try to sell around that. I don't know if you guys have ever done this or not, but I, I bought when I was probably, I think 20, I just got, I just got married. We bought a Kirby vacuum. I don't know if you guys, know what <laughs> we had a Kirby vacuum but, as a kid, but and the, I've got a, but the, I've got but a good the Kirby friend vacuum, who's been a summer selling them. You know, they got, yeah, exactly. So the, the door to door salesman, they caught me, you know, Open the door is one of the hardest lessons I ever learned in my life, to be honest with you. What? To not they open the door? On, yeah. They, well, they knocked on the door, right? And then I, I let him in, right? Because a pretty nice guy. Hey, yeah, come on in. Let's hear your sales pitch. And while we're talking, they, they vacuum my house. They, they shampoo my carpet. And, and what the hell am I going to do now? I got to buy this $1,800 <laughs> vacuum, you know? And I, and I got talking. Wow. I, paid on that, I paid on that thing for like five years, dude. Oh, man. You know? And, and I hated that thing. Every time I vacuumed, I hated it. Every time my wife vacuumed, I said, just stop, throw that thing out, you know, but that was that. Like, I have a question for you, Clint, though. Um, how long before the pots and pans salesman showed up at your door? You know, they got to trade those. those, Absolutely. those they're like a, they're like a carny ring. Right. Exactly, man. They but, put a little mark on your driveway so everybody walking by knew you were marked, man. Exactly. Hey, I got, you know, I got sold, but I had buyer's remorse. You know, like I just, I knew as soon as I walked out, I bought this just, just junk. Right. And, um, and it, and it kills me because if that person, and I couldn't afford it. So, you know, that was the other thing too. It's like <laughs> they sold better. me something like I couldn't afford it at all, but I got okay. roped into it. And, okay, I have some questions here, right? First of all, do you do you have a conscience? I mean, I'm kind of shocked that somebody would come in and just vacuum your carpet and shampoo the carpet and you're like, oh, hell, I'll buy the thing I can't afford. That seems well, like such a very, like, compared to the Clint I know, who well, yeah, would... I mean, he said he was young. He said he was 20. I was 20. I didn't know it was, it was you know, it was my first place um, on my own. Like, it was my first time ever writing a check for rent like this was a lot of first time things okay. and i just got sold and i learned uh, i learned a lot of valuable lesson probably you know what hardens me is situations like that to be me today right is is getting burned by stuff like that is why i don't put up with the things i do today um i'm a naive kid from the midwest from a cornfield dude i don't know what a kirby vacuum sales guy is man let's hear him out this guy's got to be honest right everybody's yeah. honest and, I think and you hear him when I, when I think of you coming out of the womb, it's like with like middle fingers blazed and like, mm. you know, screw the so world. So much the opposite. No, mm. it's the opposite. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more like Nan coming out of the womb and I've developed this hardened shell because I've been screwed and I've been pissed <laughs> off. And, um, but, but the thing, you know, the point of it is, is if that guy ever would have had a financial, um, you know, 
sit down with me, I wouldn't have bought it. He wouldn't have been able to sell it because it would have been too real. And I think as a good salesperson and an honest salesperson, you have to have those conversations because it's just the right freaking thing to do. Because I will tell you, Kirby kind of effed up because Clint's not a fan of the word Kirby mm-hmm. any longer. That's for sure. I'll tell you and, this. And, that, I, and there's a message in that too, exactly. right? Yeah. You know, if you've got a brand, well, guess what? If you want to grow that brand, you better be doing something right for your customers and, and you better be looking for some satisfaction on their side of the equation. Dude, absolutely. And, and I have mentioned that story as so many family get togethers or just friend get togethers. And we've laughed about it because it's funny. Oh, Clint got screwed. Oh, you know, whatever. But it's funny because I can always look around the room and there's always one other person <laughs> that has done that. And they put their heads down like, ah, oh, yeah, they got me too. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? There's a guy, and, but, from, but that's, but that's why salespeople have a terrible reputation in the, in the workforce because of shit like that. Exactly. We do not want to be that salesperson. That's just grievous. There's a guy from um, the Kung Fu school who has a AC business, right? On the, on the residential side. And we're talking about sales one day and he was like, man, I got the easiest sell on the planet. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, dude, I just got to wait. And I said, what? And he goes, I, our AC stuff's expensive, right? And everybody balks at the price. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Because I had just had to go through this whole process. And he goes, I'm just going to sit there with you. Because you know what? As hot as your house is, it's hotter than being in your garage or on your roof or on the side of your house. So like, this is not that bad for me. And I'll just watch that one bead of sweat and I'm like, I'm getting so close. (laughs) It's it's, it's true. That's true. Absolutely. So we're, we're, we're at time actually. So Dan, um, hope this helps. Um, You know, uh, good on you for wanting to stay on the sales side because not a lot of people do. It's, it's kind of the first thing that a lot of people want to get off their plate. Honestly, so. but, I, but I think Dan comes from a great area because he's done the work, not just yeah. selling a product. He's, he understands installation. Hey, Dan, you've got all the key components because mm-hmm. you know the physical process. You know what the labor looks like and the time and the man hours, yeah. along with probably, you know, a lot of the different window installs. Some may take a little bit more labor, some a little bit less. So, you're, you, man, you're in the sweet spot of yeah. – you know, selling, which is kind of happened to me too. I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I came from the clinical environment into medical sales, right? So it scared the shit out of a lot of other reps. They're like, man, you have this and that. What are you doing here? And I'm like, taking your job, bitch. (laughs) I mean, I mean, to that point, doc, I'm the exact same product, right? I came out of the field. I put piping systems in, I put ammonia systems in, I I gained this knowledge. I got into the sales side. And the reason I became a good salesman is because I had the technical knowledge to sit down and talk with people so that when they bought something, they felt confident in whoever I worked for. And it was funny because it would say, I I could always say this one line, well, why don't we put this system in? I'd say, there's a reason I work for, (laughs) for this system. Right. Yeah. And because they knew me as an installer or because I had the background as an installer that said, well, the guy put him in for years. He's got to be right. You know, yeah. why would he, why would he want to sell a piece of and crap that, system? And Boom. that's where Dan can take that. That, that builds trust. When you say, Absolutely. Hey, before I used to come to people, I used to come after the sale was made. Right. Yeah. I was the guy doing the screwing in, pulling the old stuff out. Yeah. Here's, here's what I know about this. And that, yeah. that is such a trust builder when how, somebody how many, can talk about that. How many times have you had a, 
you switch from, let's say, Dish Network to AT&T, right? And the installer comes and he says, ah, yeah, I used to work from, I used to work for Dish. Those guys screw you on everything. Let me tell you about the AT&T system, you know? Yeah. Like, but you can be that guy because now I have a lot of rapport with the, the AT&T guy because, hey, if you used to work for Dish and tell me all the ins and outs, now AT&T may have the same exact things. But mm-hmm. I have a level of trust with that guy. And now I instantly hate dish, you know, it's just the way it goes. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, use it. You know, I, I kind of have that same thing, right? I work in tech and I'm a robot with no feelings or emotions. So, you know, I get the best of, I get the best of both worlds as well. I'm just like, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Only not Sorry. as handsome and not as smart. True. Oh true. shit. I don't know about you know, no, you're not as old. So people don't confuse intelligence with age. Age <laughs> will get you there, right? You will Trust know me. more at fifty-six than you did at thirty, guys. It just happens. Whether you want to or not. We're gonna end on that nugget right there before Clint gets another barb in there. Uh if you have a sales question, if you're hung up on something, if you're not sure what you are, if you want to take the assessment, shoot me a text. Eight one seven three four five seven four four nine um we'll talk about on the show we'll get you hooked up um uh, also if you just want alerts about when this stuff is coming out we're going to start having some guests we talked about that so if you want to be a guest on the show uh, let me know shoot me a text follow us on uh, all the social media everything is at sales throwdown if you're watching this on youtube thank you so much i hope you enjoy my hat and clint's flag and we will see everybody next week thank you so much everybody cheers